Hi and welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to Raw Chatter. I am your host and presenter, Vicky Midwood. This is season three of this podcast that will be talking about fitness, health, alcohol dependence, issues around food, body weight, body image, and all of the stuff related to how we feel about ourselves and in our own skin. I do hope you enjoy these episodes and I would love you to comment and connect with me on social media. If you get the opportunity to drop me a line, I'd also love to hear from you. It's Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y, at vickymidwood.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome, it's Vicky Midwood here. This is episode two of season three. And this is all about the childish language that adults use about alcohol and about food and about body change and dieting and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I just wanna ask the quick, why? Why do we talk about food and drinking too much in such childish terms? What am I talking about? I was so naughty, right? Oh, I was really bad. I was naughty. I had some naughty food, right? This is the kind of language that really hacks me off and doesn't do any of us any favours whatsoever. When we revert to childish language and we talk about being naughty around food, what are we insinuating? We're insinuating that we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, that we're eating foods that we shouldn't be eating, that we're drinking drinks that perhaps we shouldn't be uh, drinking or we're having too much of them. So I literally was just, I, I couldn't, I was, really shocked actually when I, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm struggling for my words on this one because the person who posted this message, I was so surprised that he came out with that kind of language and he was talking about overindulging over Christmas and he said, well, when I have naughty food, I just make sure that I'm really good and I go for a run afterwards and I just wanted to cringe because what he was talking about was overindulging on the cakes and the biscuits and the mince pies as being naughty. And it's that kind of language that's instilling in us and particularly in our kids and teens. And it's teens really that I'm more focused on and young people as opposed to adults because they're hearing adults using this language. And the message that they're getting is that there's something wrong with these foods that they shouldn't be eating them, that they that they are naughty if they eat them. Now, I know we utilise this term when people talk about coming off their diets. Oh, I was really naughty, I went off my diet and I overindulged. Or I was really naughty and I had a drink, uh, you know, lunchtime on Saturday because it was the weekend or because it was a special occasion. But when we talk in terms of being naughty as an adult, what does it make you think? And how does it make you feel? Well, for me hearing it, I I just look at the person and just think, really? What planet are you on? Why are you talking like a child? But the reason that we do it is because we have been trained, brainwashed, if you like, socially conditioned to utilize this kind of language around behaviors, around food, 
and around alcohol. And yet we don't do it around anything else, do we? Or do we? And that's what I want to question. I don't know. Do it. I don't drive out on the road and go, oh, I was really, really naughty. I, I, I went through just as the lights were changing. I don't say that. Yeah, I might say, actually, I did something a bit stupid, right? Because it would have been more dangerous for me to have slammed my brakes on and probably hit the car in front of me if I hadn't gone through when the lights are changing. But I don't refer to myself as being naughty, right? If I get a speeding ticket, which I have had one recently, I don't refer to myself as being, oh, I was driving naughtily on the motorway. Actually, hands up. I got a speeding ticket and I'd get one again because of the scenario that happened at the time. Um, quite frankly, I didn't want to be concertinaed between a great big juggernaut that was getting closer and closer to me, invisibility of, of like 12 inches in front of my face, uh, pouring wind and rain. So did I speed out of the recommended 50 to get away from this idiot? Yeah, damn well did. And I'd do it again. But do I refer to myself as naughty? No, I don't. So why is it that grown adults talk about being naughty when they have a slice of cake or being naughty when they had second helpings? The language that we use around food is very bizarre and a lot of it is very unhelpful, particularly to our younger people. So as an adult listening to this, if you have got children or grandchildren, nephews, nieces, whatever, if you've got kids that are around you and are hearing you using this kind of language, then I'm going to invite you to stop. Question, why am I using these words? Why am I reverting back to a child when I'm talking about food? Because there's no such thing as a naughty food. Just as there's no such thing as a good food or a bad food, right? There are foods that are nutritionally very, very good for us in terms of they pack a punch. There's a lot in there, right? There are foods that are nutritionally pretty devoid, right? They've got nothing in them particularly except for energy, okay? They don't actually give as much other than that. Does it make those foods bad, no. Does it make the other foods good? No. It's just food. In fact, the only bad food is food that's gone off, right? If food is moldy, if food has got maggots coming out of it, right? If food smells like one of your dog's best farts, then that's bad food, right? It's not fit for human consumption. Now, there may be an argument that a lot of the super processed foods are also not fit for human consumption. And I kind of do fall into that camp on the argument because super processed foods, a lot of them don't actually contain any food whatsoever. It's just chemicals and flavorings. And, and oftentimes that's about all it is. Um, but am I going to refer to these foods as bad? and naughty? No, right? There are things that are available to us that ideally don't want to be part of our diet very frequently. But can they have their place? Yes. Am I naughty if I eat them? No, I'm just a human being eating food, 
right? And it's food that I chose to eat. Hopefully, you chose to eat it because you are aware of what you're doing and you're conscious. And hopefully, it wasn't just thrust upon you without you having any clue about what's in it and why you're having it. Now, I'm fully aware that there are a lot of people who don't understand or feel let me quantify that, qualify it rather, and say feel that they don't understand food because they think it's complicated. Let me try and simplify it for you. Okay, food is stuff that grows out there in the world, in fields, on trees. <coughs> you can usually pick it or you can usually dig it or you can catch it, right? And that's where we get our food from, something that we can pick off trees, something that we can pick from the ground, something that we can dig up from the ground, or something that we catch, whether that's fish, whether it's other animals, yeah, birds, whatever, okay? So the, that's kind of where food comes from, um, and there's nothing more than that. So that's not complicated, is it? Okay, if food comes out of a factory, then they have taken things that can be picked and grown and, and caught and they will have made them more accessible in some cases to us. So think about, and, and this is where, um, let's make it simple. So think about something like a frozen pea, right? So people talk to me about, oh, frozen food's not as good for you as fresh and tin food's not as good for you as fresh. Well, here's the thing. A lot of the food that you think is fresh, especially if you're buying it from the supermarket, is not fresh at all. So if something has been frozen within hours of it being picked from a field, is it going to be fresher than something that you buy in a supermarket that may well have been in their stores for three to four weeks, that may have travelled from another big storage depot to that store, two or three weeks previously, then yeah. So what you see in the fresh aisle of your supermarket, it's very unlikely to have been delivered that day, right? It's probably been hanging around for days and usually weeks. So it's not fresh. Conversely, if you go to a farm shop, pick your own type of place, where they actually grow the food on the premises, then of course that is going to be fresh. And if you can actually pick it yourself out of the ground, it's so much fun. Um, but I know not everybody's got that available to them or close to them. So is frozen food a good alternative? Yes. And if it looks like the raw product that came out of the ground, it, it's pretty much as fresh and unadulterated, i.e. unprocessed as it's going to be has it been processed? Well, it's been put into a bag and it's been frozen. So is it a processed food? Technically, yes. But is it ultra processed? No. Right? It hasn't had all of its casing taken off it. It hasn't been mushed up to high heaven. It hasn't had a load of additives and flavorings and colorings and salt and sugar and stuff added to it. So it's pretty much as nature intended. So thinking along the lines of peas and corn and onions and broccoli and all of those vegetables and stuff that you find in the frozen food aisle, pretty much 
going to be fresher than the stuff that you buy in the supermarket. Same with tin stuff, right? It goes into tins pretty damn sharpish and usually it's just tinned in oil or maybe oil with a little bit of, of salt. But check if the sugar in there, not ideal, but, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to drain the liquid off anyway. So when it comes to complications and food being complicated, it only gets complicated when we're talking about stuff that's been man-made, right? It's stuff that's been processed and, and made by us. So I'm thinking along the lines of things like pizzas and pasta dishes and ready meals and, and ready-made sandwiches and things like cakes and biscuits and snacky things that you think that might be made out of potatoes but actually are not have never seen a potato um so those are the things where we need to be aware that these are not necessarily as healthy for us in terms of how our body can utilize them as other things now when i'm talking about food being healthy that doesn't mean that it's healthy for everybody Okay, because there are a lot of people who have food intolerances. There are a lot of people who have food allergies. And if you are eating a food that your body is struggling to break down and struggling to actually utilize and get the nutrients out of, then it's not a healthy food for you, no matter what anybody else says. And this is where looking at the internet and, and Googling what are healthy foods is not necessarily helpful. And if if you have got issues with your digestion, if you've got issues in terms of how your body is functioning and breaking foods down. And the problem is a lot of people don't know this. So they are eating foods that do not suit them in this mistaken belief that healthy means it's healthy for everybody. And it is not. This is why knowing your body is so important. And I spoke about this on episode one, understanding how your own body works, understanding what feels good for you is so, so important. So when we come to talking about food and it, and you being naughty, what we're really meaning is that you ate something that perhaps you hadn't planned to that you ate something that because you're following a restrictive diet, you perhaps have been told you shouldn't do. And it's that kind of restrictive language that is not helpful. When we refer to being naughty or foods being naughty, it's giving them power that they don't have. And if you are somebody who struggles with binge eating or emotional eating, then those naughty foods tend to be the ones that you'll, you will go to, right? Because they provide something. They provide a hit of dopamine. They provide a sugar hit. They provide you with comfort. They have a mouthfeel, they have a texture and they have a taste that may well take you back into your memory banks of when you felt calm and loved and connected and cared for. Now, if you're turning around then and calling those very same foods that do that for you naughty, what you're essentially saying is that you shouldn't be seeking out comfort and love and connection. But yes, you should. 
We all need comfort, love and connection. And those particular foods that we tend to binge on, if you are an emotional eater or a binge eater, they tend to be the foods that you will associate with happy times, with calm times, with times when you felt like you were perhaps being given a big hug and being shown that you actually cared and that you mattered and you were deserving. So it's no wonder that you are going to unconsciously be going to go in for those foods when you need that hug, when you need that confirmation that you're okay, that you do deserve. And labeling these foods as naughty is not doing yourself any favors because it means that every time you then turn to them, there's a part of you that goes, I shouldn't be doing this. And therefore, now you're giving that food power. What we need to do, a better question is, why am I doing this, right? How am I feeling at the moment? What is going on for me that I feel that I want to turn to these foods to give me something that I'm feeling that I'm not getting and that perhaps I need? And that's what it's about. And that's what I help people to recognize and to understand that these particular foods, food manufacturers know that these are the foods that you go to, right? And they specifically and purposely make them so that they are addictive. They have been specifically chemically manufactured to hit something called your bliss point, which means that once you start eating them, you want to keep on going until the package is empty. And you blame yourself and you blame your willpower for not being able to stop at one. And what I want to share with you loud and clear is it is not your fault. They have been designed that way on purpose, right? It's really hard to use willpower to fight bacteria and to fight chemicals. Okay, so if you are blaming yourself for being naughty and having no willpower when you have eaten the sixth donut out of a pack of six when you said you were only going to have one, then I want you to just be a little bit more compassionate with yourself. That particular food has been designed to make sure that you keep on eating it until you run out because then they want you to go and buy more right? It's all about money. It's no other reason. It's great marketing, but it does do what you wanted it to do. It gave you that feeling of comfort. It gave you that dopamine hit that you wanted. It made you feel calm and relaxed, or the first one did. But by the time you finish the sixth one, chances are now you're feeling guilty. Now you're feeling a little bit sick. Now you're going to call yourself all of the names under the sun and maybe naughty, is one of those. And so what I want you to take away from this is please stop using these childish terms to talk about you deciding to eat a little bit more than perhaps you planned or to go off of your meal plan. Because if you can give yourself permission and go, actually, do you know what? No, I'm having it because I want it and it's okay. And I'm not going to call myself names. I'm going to sit down with it. I'm going to eat it slowly. I'm going to put it on a plate. I'm not going to pretend I haven't eaten it by shoving it all in and not even tasting it and chewing it and swallowing it down as fast as I can. And actually the whole experience being pretty miserable. But I'm actually going to sit and I'm going to enjoy every single bite. I'm going to taste it in my mouth. I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to remember the associations and the connections. And I'm going to feel that comfort. 
I'm going to feel the connection and it's going to make me smile and I'm going to really enjoy it. Now, what you may well find happens is that you end up doing it less and less. You end up maybe only having three or four bites and going, do you know what? Actually, it's done the job. That's all I needed. I didn't need to keep on going. I just needed to stop and acknowledge what was going on. If you decide that you're going to have something that you love, that gives you comfort, that gives you joy, that tastes great, please stop calling it naughty. It's just food. Don't give it any more power. That's all it is. And if you are struggling with binge eating or emotional eating or binge drinking, it's the same with food, it's the same with alcohol. If you're having a drink to feel more calm and to feel more relaxed and then one turns into two, right? just recognize what is going on for you. What is it that you're really looking for? Okay. And if you're not sure, reach out and let's have a conversation. You can book a call with me via my website, which is vickimidwood.com. And there is just a book a call button right there on that front page. No call ever gets talked about to anybody else. It is 100% confidential. The subjects that I talk about and the subjects that I I hope that you feel able to open up to me about are very, very personal. And so it's really important that you know that I am a safe space and whatever you share on a call with me is in total confidence. Whatever you do, please look after you. You only have one body. Look after it for life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you on the next one.